or email. Yeah. And it was actually back in 2013 when we decided to do the very first reunion at the Marine Corps Marathon. And we brought nurses together. And Dawn Van Skyke started that, and she facilitated that first nurses reunion. So, so far, we've done two nurses reunions and one dust-off reunion. And that was last year. It was so powerful. So we had the crews out from Dust Off who came and shared their stories. And during this weekend, of course, you meet so many people and you reunite and you volunteer and you help out. And it just, it's a wonderful experience. I also want to introduce Jasper Heilig, who I think you all know because everybody knows and loves Jasper. He is just such an important part of our team and so, so well respected. So thank you, Jasper, for everything. And we are going to have lunch first. Because we know once we all start talking and sharing our story, it's going to take a while. It's going to take a place, and then we'll be scattered. So you can get up there.
we had two that, from the top of their head to the, their toe, they were covered in tattoos. They look like they ripped your heart out. They were our best guys. We had kids coming through because they were just like gold. Or a recruit um, with bacterial meningitis who needs to be intubated and codes and the corpsman. I, I love corpsmen more than doctors um, because the corpsmen have that heart and, and they serve with their heart. It's not about them, it's about who they're taking care of. So this just makes my heart swell and I'll probably cry again tonight because when I turn <laughs> out and I see you all, um, I just have all these great memories rushed through. And we are so indebted to all of you. These Marines and soldiers wouldn't have made it back without you. Um, and I know because I see you nurses are the same way. You stay very focused on mission. You take care of who you need to take care of and you don't take care of yourselves. So this reunion is really special to me because no one else can understand what you all do except each other. And to me, that's the most powerful magic is when you guys are sharing stories, just like I was laughing, we're eating and they're talking about blood and all this stuff. <laughs> and I <laughs> you know, there's nothing you can't say. Even my daughter still in this day will say, Mom, shut up. <laughs> you know, she'll have a friend over, and I just forget it, you know? And we're talking about pretty graphic stuff at the dinner table, because that's what you do. But when you go home to your communities, people don't get that, especially what you guys come back with, the memories of war. Um, you're all on to new chapters in your life, and you're doing amazing things, and we've been blessed to watch you. Um, it's not easy, and there's ups and downs, as you all know, by going through this with your Marines. Uh, recovery is up and down, and it's the same for you guys, too. But together, we can keep each other up. Because all of us, even Sonny and Susan and I, you have good days, bad days, some days you're stressed, you're worried about money, you're what? But together, we hold each other up. And that's what all of you can do. And General Berger talked about it last night, keeping that connection. That's, that's, that's what we need to do. And you all keep still take care of your Marines, keep them up, to keep each other up, um, and keep these connections going. So we're going to go around the table, like this is our fashion, we do this in Germany, we do this everywhere we go, because we like to, and these guys are used to it, we, you don't, sometimes you're kind of scared to open up, there's nothing you can say in this table that we haven't heard, and or that you can't say. Um, this is about just sharing. And, and having that intimate um, love for each other. Um, so this is why this very special reunion is special to us. Um, and at the end of this, I'd love to hear from you guys. We've always included corpsmen in our unit reunions. So they usually go with the unit. We've never done one just for corpsmen. So we need to hear from you guys. Is that good or would you rather be with your unit? Thank you. Um, yeah. This, is awesome. this is awesome. Because we could do this in a bigger way. Can we each bring our favorite Marine with us? <laughs> <laughs> Battle buddy. Battle buddy. <laughs> but we can do what, what, you know, what you guys think would help. Because you, I, I know there's no other foreman that are hurting. Who won't tell anybody? Because the foreman's a strong one. The foreman's the one who takes care of everyone. I know, I can say without a shadow of doubt, each of you probably knows other 
meet needs. Yeah. Um, so we're open. We can do, you see these big reunions. We pick good places. Um, there, and you know, this is just a very small dose of what this is. This is you're together for how many days? Three days. Three days. Um, which helps. You know, this is great, but when you're with, you guys know it from our Germany trips. When you're with someone 24 7 for days on end, you really form a really special bond. And you, you, know, you, get, you get in deep. So we can do that if you guys want to. Um, so, do we start going around? We did. I just wanted to say thank you. Um, you know, everybody says our nation thanks you. You all didn't, um, you all signed up. You know, you are servants of our nation. And I believe to the depth of my soul, our nation has responsibility to care for men and women who, who, who make, you know, who signed that daughter going to serve our nation. Um, together we can all take care of each other. Um, so you're, you're at, Don't worry about it. 
uh, two days later, I was on my doorstep. And uh, I, ever since then, she's been taking care of me and my wife. Um, and it's not, it's, for me, it's been great, but the stress has taken off my wife as well. Sorry, I can talk Good luck trying to follow that. Hey, and if you guys don't want to stand up, you don't have to stand up. You can sit. Yeah, that's fine. Some of us can still see you. Hey, guys. My name is Elmer Ringlasa. Probably going to be the least serviced here because I was with 1 2 back at home 4. I only served two years, my first duty station, my first tour in Iraq, so that was in 05. I got hurt uh, 2006, January 13, that was uh, Friday the 13th. So, but uh, my case was, uh, you know, I didn't even put any band-aid on anybody else, except I didn't even take care of myself, because when we went there, uh, we have uh, on a on a boat, so I have my Marines. I do their buddy aid and all that stuff. So basically, they were the ones who saved me. On the Humvee, usually they put the third corpsman. I mean the corpsman and the third vehicle. So, but we ran over an anti-tank mine. The terrain wasn't really that uh, even, so I ran over a tank anti-tank mine. Blew underneath me, I wore uh, night vision goggles, so I was blind and I was deaf in the explosion. So basically, you know, uh, they were the ones who put tourniquet and all that stuff. And, and probably, I gave, I know I have a, a morphine with me, but I have three of them, they messed up one. <laughs> 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 so when they uh, lay me on the ground, my this this my right leg is my boots are facing the other way, so I know I, I lost this leg. So I kind of you know lost it back then. But my Marine said, "Doctor, you're okay and all that stuff." And I told him, uh, "Don't let me fall asleep, or else you know, I might I might you know, die." Or after that, um, uh, the medevac came in, I don't know, they said it, they came like 45 minutes later. But I was telling them stories about my dog, my girlfriend, and all that stuff, trying to stay awake, and, you know, and Corsco says symptoms of blood loss on the symptoms there, I felt every single one of them, so they weren't lying. And uh, that was the last time I uh, I remember. And I went to law school, which I went on a Germany trip. I didn't remember anything, which is a good thing, because I thought I might get nightmares or anything after the Germany trip. But it, it was all funny. But um, and then uh, right now I recovered, and there were there was on the hospital there was a conscious mind that. You know, you survive, and you, you know halfway that you're alive, 
and after maybe maybe three days, maybe they they uh, my doses for my morphine or my pain kind of come down. My consciousness came back. So with that, it's all the anxiety. You know, I lost both of my legs. What am I gonna do now? How am I gonna walk? And the anxiety came back. So you're you're a whole person. Obviously. So this this guy came in. Uh, a double amputee, and he was walking. He's like, he's like, wow! And he told me about all the uh, prosthetics and all that stuff. And it gave me uh, a spark. I was asking the doctors and nurses what my prognosis were and all that stuff. They, they, they know medical stuff. But they don't know about uh, the other stuff, which is you know, understanding. But this peer visitor was uh, pretty awesome. Say, like, oh, I can, I can walk again. So I just started uh, requesting rubber bands. I was doing, you know, on my hospital bed and all that stuff, uh, exercising and stuff like that. And, uh, I had a purpose. And then uh, I got out of Walter uh, for eight months. There was a colonel that was doing. You can retire in eight months. All you have to do is show up that you can walk, you can feed yourself, and stuff like that. So I was out in eight months, which is kind of unheard of, basically. So now I came back to Tampa. I live in Tampa. I I work as a medical technologist in the hospital at the VA, you know, James A. Haley, and um, I've been there for 12 years now, working full time. <coughs> Motivating them because they don't complain. I show up. <laughs> that took me a second. That took me a second. <laughs> Good to meet you guys. I know I, I'm, I don't feel like I'm a foreman because that guy only served two years. And, 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 Henderson. Um, a lot of parallels, weirdly enough, his story. I mean, I was um, my first duty station after finishing course school and film and everything was with uh, their battalion six Marines. And then, uh, <laughs> so actually, this kind of handsome gentleman, this other sort of handsome gentleman. I served with both of them. Uh, yeah, I went and, down. Uh, I'm, I'm jealous over here. <laughs> She'll pick my hair out more. So, Anderson, uh, I also served with him. So I know I know three of the guys here just from you know my time in service. But um, my first deployment was to Helden Province in 2010. Um, you know, uh, Operation Monstrock, all that fun stuff. And uh, 45 pounds of HME, and a really bad afternoon later, I'm flying on the way to uh, lunch tool. Yeah, I'm missing uh, the lower part of my right leg. And I'm all tore up on the left side of my body. Uh, it was a directional charge, uh, remote detonate. So, you know, there, there's really nothing I could have done to avoid it. Uh, could have moved it. 
Neo skills, I, man. Neo skills. <laughs> I remember bits and pieces of everything that happened. Uh, <laughs> my memory is pretty spotty. And then I saw a picture of my helmet, and I know why my memory is pretty spotty. <laughs> it was looking pretty rough. Uh, but uh, the first encounter I had with Simper Five Fund was uh, two days after I got out of the ICU in uh, Bethesda. Um, gentleman came in, I can't remember his name for the life of me, but it was really cool. And then he came in with a, uh, a Marine Master Sergeant who was an amputee. And uh, he was above the knee amputee. And you know, the Master Sergeant sat down and was like, hey, you know, you're gonna be fine. You're gonna be able to walk in again. I'm still active duty. I've been deployed twice as an amputee. You can do it if you wanna do it. And it just gave me, you know, it gave me the energy to not feel down about my situation, you know. I'm sure we all have a similar story, or at least some of us have a similar story, most of us. And three days later, I got to meet Safe Harbor. So, you know, Simper Five Fun found me first. <laughs> um, so, and then, I'm, I'm not even kidding, but then uh, Safe Harbor had a, had a hard time finding my room because there was a marine flag hanging outside of it. Because one of the one of the marine guys came and switched out the flag. <laughs> it seems like you're a doc, you get this flag instead. That's, that's awesome. So, uh, yeah, so yeah, I, I had a good interaction with Super Fund, and then uh, when I transferred to San Antonio, because I'm from Texas, I uh, transferred to BAMC. Um, I had the most wonderful case manager you could ever ask for at Cheryl Reed. Uh, and those of you that know her know how wonderful she is. And uh, funky, right? Yes. She doesn't take no for an answer from anybody. <laughs> true. This is true. She never took no. She never said no. You know, and I mean, I didn't, I, I didn't ask for much. And she knew that whenever I did ask for something, it was because I needed something because... You know, whenever you have a connection as amazing as y'all make Simper Five Fun, there's no, it doesn't give you any want to take advantage of the system. You know, y'all y'all make it so easy and so wonderful that it's hard to take advantage of that, you know. And and I just want to say, you know, for everything that I know this weekend is all about us, I just want to say, you know, thank all of y'all for y'all's time and y'all's dedication that y'all put in because you know, without y'all I don't think any of this would be where we are today. But, uh, I mean, that's really, that's it. Right. Yeah. But we can mix it up if you want us to. <laughs>
you doing? Max Roan, uh, Longmont, Colorado. I have a really long story. I'm patient, so I'll keep it pretty short. Uh, I was a one pump chump, and uh, I got hurt my first deployment. I was in a Humvee, and I got hit by an RKG 3 grenade. It's a little parachute grenades. Punched through my door, hit my right leg. My rifle saved my left leg. Uh, we were getting shot at from the left side on the rooftops. We were on uh, Route Michigan in Fallujah, right in front of the government building. Yeah. And my last corporal that was supposed to be the guy to take care of everyone in case I went down uh, responded first. And he ended up doing everything wrong. <laughs> so then uh, we broke the first tourniquet. And then I got pissed off, and I pushed him out of the vehicle. <laughs> Put my own tourniquet on. And then uh, the guy behind me, uh, the door was still kind of attached, held it shut, and then we eventually just ground evac to TQ. From TQ, got medevac to Baghdad and Balad, Germany, and then uh, to Bethesda. I uh, first got in contact with Semper Fi Fund because my OIC was Lieutenant Gregson. Yeah. Uh, his dad is Lieutenant General Gregson, yeah. who was one of the original raiders in Vietnam. Uh, he is the Marine. Yeah. Yeah. No shit. Came to visit me in the ICU. Uh, I actually got boarded for my FMF pin in the ICU. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's <laughs> one way to get it. The, uh, the Master Chief came up from Camp Lejeune, and then uh, I still had my PCA pump, so I was buzzing in for <laughs> like the answers. <laughs> I got it. But, uh, so anyways, I recovered pretty well until about nine months, a year after, then my leg got infected. Uh, turns out they left a medical clamp in my leg. And then a bunch of HO grew around the medical clamp, so they had to chip it out. So then uh, did three more surgeries after that, tried to repair it. Never came back, eventually amputated my leg, and uh, bounced right back. Started to get involved with athletics. Did the Warrior Games. Uh, from the Warrior Games, I got recruited to Penn State to uh, do U.S. Paralympics. And then uh, where I'm at now is I'm at the Olympic Training Center in Chula Vista and then just gearing up for Tokyo in 2020. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. So Max, you're going to have a whole new group cheering for you in Tokyo. <laughs> we'll be able to say, we're well, cheating, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, pretty challenging to follow all this greatness here. <laughs> I, um, I'm HM2, Christopher Rollins. Uh, it's an honor for me to be here today, and this is my first time attending, and hopefully not the last. I was contacted by Scott Thomas to attend, and uh, thank God for him, um, because this has been so satisfying for me, and it's been filling a void that I have had for several years now, being out of the military and being away from my community of people that get me, that can speak the same language, that can make the same jokes, that can talk about the same thing with a little bit of irreverence, but also a bit of acceptance, you just can't find that everywhere. And events like these are so critical. And I hope 
that you get all the funding and all the support you need to continue these. And um, I'm not going to take up too much time. Um, I deployed to Iraq in 2008 with Scott Thomas, and uh, we were in Fallujah, right outside the area. We were at uh, JSS Cross, ECB-5. Uh, we had a couple of other... <laughs> yeah, we're going down memory lane right now. Uh, I still have the tour book um, that showed all the uh, pictures of everything that we did and uh, some of the people that we lost, um, some of them to suicide, some of them to accidents even. And that was pretty hard to bear that, you know, we went downrange, got shot at, and came back home. You kind of freaking car crash. But anyway, um, since, since I've been out, you know, I got out in 2014. Um, I did a tour to Afghanistan, and um, I got out, and it was kind of hard for me to find purpose, to find something that I enjoyed doing, and I bounced around to different jobs. I, um, I almost was uh, killed at work. I was hit by an arc flash that burned my hands pretty badly, and that kind of brought back some, uh, some painful memories of uh, my night when I was hit by an IED blast, and um, I, I wasn't you know, traumatized in the, in the manner that some of you were, but uh, when, I, when the pipe bomb went off, it was a command detonated wire that was uh, a pipe bomb stuffed with HME, and um, the concussive blast immediately knocked unconscious our turret gunner. He fell on top of our driver. Our driver smashed his head into the Blue Force tracker, and then our, uh, well, I'm sorry, our A driver. Our driver smashed his head up against the door and the steering wheel, and uh, just the blast alone was just so catastrophic. So I immediately had a mass casualty situation on my hands, not to mention I, my bell was rung. I couldn't hear. Um, we, we resolved the situation. We got everything cleared out, and I went to TQ, which I loved. I was there for three days. I got a fresh shower. I got clean clothes. A hot nurse checked on me from time to time. Uh, I, got my, uh, I got my ass kicked at chest by somebody that I didn't even knew played. And, um, you know, for those three days, even though the gravity of my situation and the gravity of the place that I was in were pretty heavy, I was in paradise. And I got to get away from that grinding three to four patrols a day. I had been six days without a break by the time that IED went off. And when we did the mission, we were turning on to Route Michigan. And um, this was a route we had taken too many times because the enemy knew we were going to be there. And uh, it was intended for a dismounted patrol. If we were dismounted, I don't even know if I'd still be here today because, yeah, um, the situation was just kind of screwed up. Anyway, um, since that's happened and since my workplace injury, I, I've kind of come to accept that I'm not okay. And it was hard for me to admit that because, you know, you're, you're pressured into performance, you're pressured into being valuable, you're pressured into, into doing your job and not just doing it, but doing it well, and to admit that you can't do it anymore isn't, isn't very easy. And it's not that, oh God, I wish I could get a night's sleep. It's that, why can't I fucking sleep at night? It's the, you know, the, the momentary remembrance of that instant when that bomb went off. It's the, the momentary instant when my turret gunner, Jason Chong, falls from the turret gun. And it's not like I'm reliving the entire night, but it's that moment right there that wakes me up in the middle of the night. Or when I'm trying to go to sleep and I can't sleep, that comes back to me. And it was like, you know what? I need to get some fucking help. <laughs> I need to talk to somebody because if I don't, I'm never going to be rested. I'm never going to be myself. And I, I put it off forever that, you know, my mom was like, you're not the same person. And I was like, well, what do you mean? What are you talking about? I've always been me. But that she was right. And a mother knows, right? Moms yeah, moms, moms fucking know, don't they? <laughs> and so <laughs> um, all that to say that, you know, 
things like this are exactly what people need to to move forward in their lives. You know, the things like that night in uh, 2008 from June 10th, I believe, is when it happened. We, to move past that, you have to come to things like this. You have to be around people like you, and you have to remember that you can be of value. You can contribute something. I write poetry. I'm involved with Team RWB, obviously. Um, I go to different poetry speaking events and tell you know uh, military stories. And um, I, I've got one if you're okay with with me sharing, if, if that's all right. I don't want to take up yeah. too much time. Um, it's it's not very long. Uh, it's something that I. <laughs> It's something that I wrote, and I titled it uh, "Your Nation Called," and um, <laughs> in crayon. <laughs> well, <laughs> you you say that, and um, I I did a you say that, and I and I wrote a I, I did a memorial in chalk for Gavin Brumman, who we both know. Uh, he died in Afghanistan by an IED, and it looked like some fucking kid drew it because I'm not an artist at all. But I I still did it, and I feel proud about that. Other people got to hear his story and how great of a person he was. Um, so anyway, here's, uh, here's my poem, Your Nation Called. Um, your nation called you, you answered the phone. You may have been young when you left home. You may have been a woman, you may have been a man. Your nation called you, you answered, I'll do the best I can. You didn't have to go, you didn't want to stay, no matter where it took you or how long you were away. You may have had some heavy questions, even doubts, but when it was said and done, you knew what you were about. Your nation called again and there was work to do abroad. You gave your only answer with a courageous, solemn nod. You learned to shoot a rifle, to sight down and take aim, to find a steady platform to bury hurt and pain. You may have been a young boy, but you left a hardened man. You may have been a girl, but you left as a woman that can. You found a peculiar family with idioms all your own. You made memories and bonds with people you've never known. You made friends as close as family, you made a solemn vow. No matter the adversity, you would never bow. Your nation called again and you replied, let me not be a coward. And should I never make it home, send my wife some flowers. Send my husband a sacred picture and my children my tags and chain. You didn't have regrets, you didn't live in shame. Your nation called and said, you may at last go ashore. We'll give your loved ones a folded flag and a few things more. You couldn't stay home, American. You had a heart for greatness. You didn't understand the reason, but you know now where your place is. You may have made it back and held a child in your hands. You may have made it back, but you walked the scalding sand. You may still dream of them, the ones you left behind. When you wake up in your bed each morning, you'll thank God for all this time. You left that place a dreamer. You dreamt of war. You dreamt of peace. You came back full of stories of blood and grime and grease. You may not have come back at all. You may lie in foreign fields. We haven't forgotten you. We use your memory as a shield. Your nation called you whether you were young or you were old. Your nation called you. They left the same old message, promising but cold. Wherever you have gone, wherever you have been, you couldn't stay home, American. You're a warrior within. So you said, I'll go, even though it's not my fight. And you fought with the heart of a giant. And you fought till dawn's morning light. You're the few now, the damn few your nation needs. And you'll always be the few, a thistle amongst the reeds. Thank you. Thank you. 
Okay. You gotta share that. Okay, you know, I, I always go off script and I change things very last minute. You're gonna read that tonight at, in front of 800 people. Oh. Can I put my foot in my mouth? <laughs> I don't think I can. I'm not that flexible, but I can try. <laughs> Rollins. That's what you get for sharing. Yeah, right, sure. <laughs> this guy looks to me. There you go. All right, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. I'm down. Yeah, you're part right. of the team. I'm down. Right? That's awesome. I think everybody needs to hear that. Because tonight, half the room get you guys. Half the room are community supporters who get on mission and want to support you. And, and I believe all of us has a role in educating America. Less than 1% of our country serves in the military. So 99% don't get it. They try to get it. They can be supportive. They can love us. But they don't get the sacrifice. They don't get when you move your kids every two years. And what's that like for a seventh grader to walk into a school <laughs> and they don't know anybody? And girls are being yeah. told, I had a little girl. Other girls are not so nice. Nobody gets that. You right. guys get it. But so that, man, there's nothing I can say at that podium <laughs> that can even come close to that. So you... you you're coming up with me. Understood. I want to I encourage you all to take some time to write in some fashion, in some way. Type it, write it in a journal. Take your fucking write in the rain pad and write on it. Okay, what? so don't say that. Yeah. <laughs> Watch your language. There's going to be children. Thank you, thank you for that. But, thank you for that. A couple service dogs. Watch your mouth. When you write in a journal, they've done studies yeah. from parts of you. Your brain like processes that. all yeah. of it. And creativity heals. And so even if it's as simple as just writing right. a few lines. And I'm sorry to keep dominating the conversation, but it's I had a lot of angst and a lot of anger about everything that happened, especially the motherfuckers that the Bro. people that tried to <laughs> Especially the, the people that tried to kill us that ended up getting away with it. Um, you know, there was there's <laughs> Anger management? Where's anger management team right now? <laughs> That's it. That's all I got. So, well, anyway, um, to, to deal with those emotions, because I used to be a lot worse, believe it or not. Uh, <laughs> I don't. To, to deal with those emotions, writing has helped me. And it has helped me convey my story without having to tell the gruesome details and with less vulgarity by just writing it in a poem. And, you know, I, I clean it up and make sure that it's presentable for everybody. And so, um, there will I, be kids there, though. So I, I encourage you. <laughs> God, you know the pressure saying? is building. You get into public speaking. Sure, sure. So I just want to encourage y'all to write. That's all I wanted to say. Thank I you. learned that. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Well, friends, my name is uh, Derek McGinnis. I'm grateful to be here with you guys, and thank you for the invitation to have me. Um, I live in uh, Discovery Bay, California, it's a good little town uh, outside of uh, the Bay Area of San Francisco. It's kind of di different to talk to a group of corn. Just can't bullshit y'all. <laughs> <laughs> we can tell when you're lying. <laughs> in my journey, though, you know, I was in for 11 years, and uh, I guess I want to give you a piece, an honest piece, if, if I may. I guess I say, and maybe I need to do that, but. Um, my biggest thing, I got hit, and I say that, but, um, I wish I was a better that day. I really, really do. And, uh, they won, they got me, you know what I mean? And so from my narrative and, and that experience, 
experienced in my journey. And since then and since on and moving forward, I never wanted anybody else to give me again. And so that, that energy is, is what I want to offer today and share it off my heart to, to my friends here that I don't know. But um, that's my, my, my issue. And I'm grateful though, obviously, I got hit, I was unconscious, couldn't see, couldn't talk, couldn't speak, couldn't do anything. For two months, December 5th, I was there for, for my pregnant wife and uh, my beautiful pregnant wife to live my last. And so, <laughs> and, and, and so when I woke up later on, December 5th, and they were telling me stories about these, these folks and these individuals, I oh wow, thank you for being there for my wife. And uh, so since that time, you know, it's my duty just to keep on moving forward and, and, and growing and, I never let them win again. Um, moved on uh, to serve my fellow veterans with a master's degree in social work, became a clinician and a counselor because I, I got to figure out what's wrong with me. Why not go get all their skills to become a mental health clinician as well? Um, so I served combat veterans for a long time and I decided to go get in the trenches um, with our homeless veterans. So I've been working in that mission for last, you know, for many five years or so. It's been interesting going into these environments and these experiences and try to still be, I guess, informed. Moved on from that in a, in a different uh, policy arena in the Veterans Administration, so hopefully my policy we can make some different changes. So, grateful to be with you guys all this, this today. Grateful to run some of you folks today as well. And I think that's all I want to say at this point, but thank you. Started kicking in, you know, Navy haven't really dealt with it. 
since like the first Vietnam War. So they sent me to see a shrink twice in six months, asked me to solve nightmares, yeah, here's more Zoloft. And then after the second trip, you know, they just kicked me out, you know, nothing. I'm glad, you know, I, I did have a hair across my ass because they kicked me out, didn't do anything. But I'm glad, like, people nowadays, you know, that got PTSD and they can stay in so they can help. You know, so I'm glad for that. So I got a hair across my ass like that because they could help me. But anyways, um, I didn't, can't even remember how I got hooked up with Sacrify. Uh, but they have been so helpful. Like, they hooked me up with, uh, with an iPad because I'm kind of like Rollins. I don't write, but I do draw. And Jasper's seen my crap. And, well, it's not crap, but right. <laughs> it's pretty freaking decent stuff. So if you want some pictures, go with your, your poems with me up, man. Yeah, absolutely. I'll try and find some of my work. But uh, they felt me out. Uh, I, was, I was kind of a you know, dickhead, you know. Like this tattoo around my neck. I don't know if anyone sees this. Mm -hmm. Like all my tattoos have stories behind it. This one's actually my head being sewn back onto my, my you know, body. Because for a while, it was stuck on my ass and I was a jerk. <laughs> That's gold. That's gold. <laughs> Can you put that in one of your poems? <laughs> yeah, that one I was like, oh, so it's Halloween. I gotta spread it over to see if it's chasing the Oh. But uh, Semper Fi, they definitely helped me out. Uh, they sent me to the Semper Fi Odyssey. I don't know if anybody here has heard of that or been to that. You know, that's like one of the great things. Uh, like the first time I went, you know, I was kind of nervous because I hate leaving my house. I hate going to, you know, traveling any, anywhere like 10 minutes further away from my house. This was a totally different state. But like three hours into being there, you know, I called my wife, she asked me, you know, how am I doing and everything. I said, oh, it's like being back home again. You know, because by that time, you know, all of us were cursing and talking about you know, each other's mother and whatnot. So I was like, <laughs> oh, we're back home. <laughs> <laughs> They definitely helped out. Um, I got a great support system at home. Uh, I talked to both my parents. Uh, my wife, believe it or not, her biological father was being on He dealt with PTSD. So when we got together, I told her, you know, what I had going on. She's like, I already know. You know, on her day, she got to go put a boot up my butt, which is great because that's that's what I need some days. You know, you know nothing more than a little forehead drag my ass, and she'll <laughs> step up and tell me to knock it off, basically. Uh, her stepfather, my father, was kind of hard to talk to him. You know, he is retired Navy. He's a he's an AK though for you know, Navy Chief AK, so it's hard, really hard to connect with him because all I can really talk to him is about like the stuff I remember about the league, you know, about gig lines and bell bottom. Lines. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I got a great support, some five fun. I hope I want to come to this again. You know, yeah. very great. You know, just because it's hard to hook up to people or talk to people out there in the silly billion world, and they just kind of look at you like a lobster just come out your ears. And what makes me mad is like, yeah, I understand. And like, no, you don't. And they try to fill in a story that has no bearing whatsoever. Mm -hmm. You know, you just want to punch really hard. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's quite fun. I love it. You know, it's great. I always love just meeting up with people that I don't know who they are. But so you start talking, you know, jaw jacking, all of a sudden, boom, we connected just like that. You know, everybody knows what's going on. Somebody here me say, yeah, I understand. You know, they're like, yeah, they truly do understand. And I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm happy to halfway through my master's degree in psychology. My specialty is cognitive neuroscience. Because I wanted to, initially I wanted to be a clinician to uh, 
help treat vets with PTSD. And I said, you know, if, you know F it. You know, I want to find out what's wrong with the brain and see if I can fix that. So I'm halfway done with that. And, uh, yeah, that's all I got. Rah. 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 I've, I've come a long way. Um, 
a lot of uh, uh, occupational therapy and, and just pushing myself and making it like I don't. I, there's no reason to sit at home and this is my fault. So you guys got me out. I'm just typical. So.
personal level because we, we were there for different tours, but at the same time, in this group, you know, like 3-5. My unit directly supported 3-5. We pushed in the second with them. Um, and we backed off a little bit while they pushed. <laughs> <laughs> just want to make that clear. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
gosh. Oh, man. Ugh. <laughs>
one of the, she goes up there with me, uh, being a great psychologist for me, is um, now I'm a social worker, I do counseling, um, I work very heavily with the veteran community. We do um, local veteran breakfast um, within our local community. We have breakfast two times a week with veterans from Vietnam and Korea, all the way to a current conflict, and we meet twice a week. We help each other um, with our mental health in a very um, indirect way. I don't sit down and I'm like, <laughs> um, but um, we sit down, we think this is the back of, of the little local diary, like, we keep it incredibly too rowdy, but um, I decided that if I couldn't continue to do the things that I wanted to do on active duty, I could serve in a different way. And um, helping veterans transition out of the military is another thing I do at University of Illinois. Um, and uh, I'm always happy to help anybody connect with
fishing with docks. That's what we are. We do custom rocks and we take them fishing. So that's where the name came from. Uh, October was our one year anniversary for our nonprofit organization. And we owe it all to simplify problems. Because if it wasn't for y'all to, It was important for five funds. We wouldn't have been able to call up interviews to start building fishing boats that led to our own nonprofit to take combat veterans out fishing. And I was tired of seeing Pearl Harder and highly decorated people were the only ones that were going on these. The people that we're focusing on is the, bro the brother that was the us, the brother that was the left of us. They have PTSD just as much as the person who got the Purple Heart. And those are the ones that we are focusing on because I've done some studying, I've had a lot of friends that doesn't have PTSD are committing suicide. And uh, those veterans are being forgotten. And my wife and I had a very successful first year. And my wife came up with the idea, and I love it. We're going to focus on female combat veterans in the year 2009. And we cannot forget the women in our service, thank you, and our caregivers. Our caregivers are so important to the service members. So I helped a lot with the 
legislation, you might have to change the little legislation to leave it out. Um, from the NDAA of 2018, I wrote a little paragraph, so that's my second box type of thing. But um, yeah, uh, I was working for him when he passed, you know, it was rough. I, I myself went through a little depression because he was my boss, and to me, he was one of the better veterans I've ever met in my life. You know, it's, it's hard to meet people like that in a lifetime, in a lifetime, you know? And more to say, hey, I work for him, for his passion, which is mine, to help veterans in the long run. So that, that made me feel really good. Passed a, a bill uh, behind the name of one of the snipers that uh, was with us in Helms Province, uh, Clay Hunt. Mm -hmm. So he passed $10 million of mental health assistance. That's for the VHA program, and all this new help is coming along. And I'll thank God for that, because I really needed it. Um, so I, I, I started going to school again to get my uh, master's in leadership. In about eight months' time, I had four, four Marines three Marines and a former suicide in April. So that for me was a spiral in itself. Um, the hardest part is to think, hey, was this your fault? Did you prevent this? And that's what I had to deal with. Um, you know, I was trying to figure it out. So about May, it was awful. June, I said, I gotta do something. So I started trying to get back to that little straight concept of what do I need to do? So I started PTing. It hurt, it sucked. But I thought, this is what we need to do. So out of all that, I try to stay busy because that's what keeps me kind of sane. So I, I started a nonprofit organization called MVP, My Veteran Passion, which all I do is get, get veterans to work out with other veterans at their own pace, whatever they want to do. So whatever gym wants to host us, we'll go to that gym, have veterans work out with veterans and veteran supporters. We do a circle, do a stretch. We do the same thing that we're doing here. We just stand up, say about a minute or two of whatever you're doing or who you are or what you do. And then that's it. We get together at the end and do a five to ten second prayer because I believe spirituality is part of also healing. Um, and if, before I forget, do you mind if I post your uh, poem? I'll share it with page? you. I'll share it with I you. I would really like to do that. It's, it's, it's powerful. I think it's powerful. Yeah, I'll share it with you. Um, and to anybody else that wants to get a copy, I'll share with you. Um, so Semper Fi, I think, helped me out a lot to see what's going on. Because I can see what you guys are going through because I went through and I'm still going through it. You know, we're all on the same road and we're just in different parts of the road. Um, so you've got to understand one another. Yeah. Uh, Brandon, the other Brandon said, um, <laughs> I think that we are very elite, elite people because... 1% of the population in the military sees combat. And we are that 1% of that 1%. So you have to own that. That's, you're a very unique individual. All of us, and you know, it's, it's, it's hard to be in the place that you are, but we're here because we are gonna make a change. We just gotta, we gotta figure out how. Um, we'll just continue doing it because you guys are amazing. Thank you guys. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Me personally, because you invited me, so thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name is Juan Lewis. Everyone calls me, well, they did call me Dr. Kush. Because my name is Legally Kush, K U S H. And it would piss uh, RTCs and whoever was around off to hear me say, Hey, Kush! What, what, the, what are you saying? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
Can we? Can I get your lottery numbers, no. bud? <laughs> 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 no, oh, wait. Yeah, yeah. So, that's important. I guess my pretty lucky. I always smile. 
It's getting a little personal right now. <laughs> A second to put it together, but I have one of those. Yeah, so we, were, we were touching them out in 2005, and uh, they were great. Uh, carried a lot. Uh, so I was with 2 3 in Kona uh, Province in 2004, 2005, and 2006. Um, we saw it quite, quite a bit, and like, like we said, there was a lot of secondary IEDs that were went on with, with us, so I was grateful for that. After 2-3, I went to Balboa in San Diego. And from there, one day I went, I went on a Thursday, I believe it was a Thursday, I went for lunch. Then when I came back, there was an email saying, you're, you're, you're deploying with 2-7. You have the game of two days to, to pack everything up and, and go to 29 Palms to train. Um, my family was living in the housing. I was just like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> my baby, my, my chain of command, they were psyched. They, they didn't even know about it. This came from somewhere in DC. And my chain of command was trying to fight it where I didn't go, but I was like, you know what, I'm cool, I'm gonna go with it. My chain of command helped me move out of the out of the base housing so that, or it was Lincoln housing, so it was outpost, but they helped me move them out. I wasn't gonna leave them on base housing and whatnot. Um, so that, Sunday, I was able to show the 29 months of training and, and then be deployed with them. Um, that deployment was hard for me um, when Washington got hit. Um, Burnett. Burnett. I saw Burnett, one of our corpsmen. I saw we were at, at the camp and we weren't even able to go outside the wire because we didn't have enough people. And that's something that still. You know, it's in my mind, um, just seeing another corpsman burning and not being able to go out to assist. After my the last IT that I assisted, um, my body broke down. Um, I, I don't know, I got wrapped a lot. I, I remember learning Rapto. It was like, okay, that's why you can tell people to drink a lot of water, drink a lot of water, so you don't get rabbit. But uh, I remember I was drinking enough water, uh, and within, I remember uh, one day I just, my body shut down, and, and I ended up getting rabbit, and I got mad back at Afghanistan. Uh, I got flown back to Balboa. 
first thought of, you know, I could do it with, by, by, my, by myself. Um, I'm a quiet person. I, I'm reserved to myself a lot, so I don't talk about what, what I go through. Um, Simplify tried to send me, when, when I was in 2009, when I got out, Simplify contacted me. They wanted to send me to, to, to the Odyssey. And I was like, no, no, I'm, I'm okay, I'm okay. It wasn't until 2013 that I finally opened up and said, I'll go. But then I went to, to, to the Odyssey thing and then on Monday too, I started working, I started integrating back. So, you know, that really helped me a lot, you know, integrating back into society. You know, now I'm a productive member of society. You know, thanks for, for the Odyssey and thanks for simplifying. I'm grateful. Um, going back to, I'm sorry, you're good. No, it's good. That's what this is about. One of our recent suicides in 2007 was a corn. Dark kid Rafika. When, when I left Afghanistan, he took over my spot. You know? I got medically discharged. And I kept on following him on Facebook, saying that, you know, he progressed in the ranks and, and, and just the picture that he portrayed on Facebook, it made me feel down on myself and, and just to see him, how progressive, so I never reached out to him thinking, man, this guy is great. I'm, you know, I, I was medically discharged from, I don't even rape to talk to this guy, you know? Not knowing that he was also going through some stuff. Um, I, anyone, anyone to talk to, any, anytime, you know, reach out to, to one of your buddies next to you. Um, you don't know. Whatever we portray on Facebook or on Instagram or anything, it's not true. Okay? Even in person, too. Even in person, we try to deceive uh, people. I think that's our culture, right? Yeah. Nobody wants to talk about weakness or that's yeah. why I mean the fun, we're kind of brutally honest. It's like we <laughs> get it all out. Yeah. Throw it on the table. Because together you can work through it. If you hold it in, you can't work through that. And that's something that, that uh, I struggle with a lot being broken up. And I think yeah, Mormon are the worst of it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Well. <laughs> a few tries, a few bike rides, swim from Alcatraz, and of course, the Marine Corps Marathon. We're, we're thrilled to have a few of those original members stay. Again, we saw some pictures up here. Tonight, they're going to come up here and share a little bit about their experiences and their memories. So if you guys would give me them a warm welcome, and original members, come on up.
course. But um, just like, you know, I think General Berger and um, Karen actually stole my thunder. And I was going to talk about like the family, like the oriented type of organization. That, can y'all hear me? You're good? And uh, I mean, it's just, it, it, I like to echo that because even, what, 14 years later, that's exactly like what you feel when you walk into this room. It's, it's that family oriented. So, like, really stay involved because, I mean, we, we've actually watched each other's kids. And, and I watched Bradley's hair grow gray. <laughs> so, it, it's like, it's, it's, it's those type of memories and things that you, that you, it's, it's, what, it's what you experience when you're here. Um, and, and watching, you know, Boo um, and, and Doc. <laughs> I took all of those boot jackets because I was nervous I would not finish the ride. But those boot jackets did their job. I was also able to share the boot jackets with some of If it wasn't for the phone for taking me in, I would probably still be nervous to come out of my house because of the fun. I got to see places I would have never gone and done things I never would have done. Service members of my time with me. I will never forget all those races where you were always there with our legs so that we could finish in the race to, uh, and at the finish line, waiting to cheer us on with our legs in the air. Thank you. <laughs> Experiences as a 
2004-2005, I was privileged by having uh, the Semper Fi Fund team and founders uh, come by and see me at the moment of my way worst weakness. Everybody here has been there in their journey as well. Sitting in a wheelchair, missing a leg, brain injury, missing half my eye, broken in everywhere. And at that moment in my life, uh, a lot of people were looking at me at, at my disabilities and my lack of abilities and talking to me about uh, the future and what's going to happen and your limits and your limitations. So for five friends, for me, stage managers walked up to me in a place called the Malone House. doesn't even exist anymore, but looked at me, looked at me straight in the eye and said, hey, Doc, you're running the Marine Corps Marathon. That moment was very poignant. I didn't, I thought they were crazy. They were the first organization to look at me and believe in who I am, what I am, what I can do. And from that moment on, I did not let them down. And I'll tell them for sure, if you need me for a race, I won't let you know I'm going to run it. So for that, if not for your seed of that planting, all the other achievements in my journey since then would have been you. So you helped spur resilience in me, and that resilience is certainly down to my three boys as well. So for ladies, I'm very grateful to you and all the support here. Just to recap, though, I, don't know, wanna, I was supposed to share a moment of a, a, a pointing event. We were out at Aquatrans at one of these lovely events with these wonderful folks out here. And just, just so you all know, I'm a Navy guy, right? I blew the doors off of all the Marines. <laughs> Sergeant, they were flying past me. 
And at that time, I had somewhat of a bitter test in my mouth toward the Marine Corps. I felt like I got left behind. Some of us probably know what that's like. But they didn't leave me. They turned back around for me. They told me that they had heard about me. They wanted me to join their team. I was the first hand cyclist, the first wheelchair athlete, and I didn't know the power to actually have. I didn't know that the guy who was thinking about if he actually had it in the tank to continue on in life and make a difference, I didn't know that until that day. I started doing marathons, started doing triathlons, and they hit on something that Doc McGinnis said. Doc and I came up with the idea of Let's try to win this. Ski from Alcatraz, you know, the hardest, one of the hardest, you know, triathlons in the country. With sharks. With sharks. <laughs> cold, cold ice water. Hey, I ain't had the courage to jump in there. But Doc did. And so I uh, hand cycled and did the racing chair. And Doc and I were able to win the challenge athlete category. That was huge for us. It was huge for me because it gave me some confidence that I could actually do something with my life on a bigger scale as an athlete, as a mentor, an advocate for those who had been through you know, some, some tough times that I could go out here and make a difference for them. And that's what I'm doing as a wrestling coach, that's what I'm doing as a mentor for these kids in my community. But I would never have been able to be that kind of guy if it wasn't for the Injured Marine Superfly Fund, Team Superfly, my brothers and sisters, Karen Gunther, Volunteers, Wendy Lathine, case givers, caregivers, case managers, <laughs> volunteers. Y'all make this work. Y'all are the ones that bring these donors in who make a huge impact on our lives. And not only did they do this for Marines, but they expanded it and they did it for Army, Navy, Coast Guard. Army? Very big blessing in our lives. Thank you so much for everything you do. I'm going to bring back into the help. Y'all stay inspired. Stay in a fight. Number five. Right. Junior number one, uh, Bradley Walker. Uh, well, uh, about my, my experience, uh, Uh, I, I got, I got, personally got wounded back in November of 06. A uh, couple of months later, uh, got basically asked if I wanted to try uh, to ride a hand cycle in uh, Faces of America, like some of these uh, other gentlemen have, have spoken about. I didn't know what I was getting into at the time. Uh, <laughs> they, uh, well, they was able to get me a hand cycle. Uh, it was an old lean to steer. Uh, <laughs> Not really the safest thing to learn how to uh, learn how to ride a pan cycle on. And, uh, well, <laughs> uh, I don't know. The, the experience uh, throughout that, uh, the brotherhood, uh, it's, uh, it's hard to beat, really. Uh, but uh, on the second day of that ride, about 90 miles in, uh, I, I had a little accident and ended up with about about a hundred odd stitches uh, in that incident. Incident, but some people that they when I tell them that story, they ask uh, like why 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 you back out there? Why 
might continue to ride a hand cycle and stuff like that. And I just, I'm just like, how can I not if, uh, mm -hmm. like everybody else? I mean, all the the other athletes, all the other Marines, everybody. I mean, just the brotherhood. And it, at, at that time in my life, it, it gave me some a focus. It gave me something to to strive for, to, to focus on abilities, not, not disabilities, not, but I mean, let me see where things were going. And uh, you know, thank Karen, the whole staff, for allowing me that. And thank you. Thank you guys so much. Lots changed over the years, but you guys have set the stage for the camaraderie, the inspiration, and the courage behind Team Seven Five America's Fund that still exists in every event that we do today. So thank you guys very much. One more time for the original. The great thing about this organization is that we see these these moments and this impact continuously happen in every event that we do. A few weeks ago, I was in uh, Texas visiting a service member I worked with in 2010, and we were eating dinner, and he got up from the table and went to go get a slice of pizza, and his mom leaned over to me and said, Brent, Semperfy saved my son's life. Sports saved my son's life. And it was just the catalyst that he needed to do a complete change around. Totally changed his life. And sitting there years later with his mom, his wife, two children, happy changed. And it's just, it's, it's that. It's that more than sport. It's, it's more than you can even describe or explain that we are able to do here. So thank you guys for being part of that. Thank you for letting me be part of that. And thank you for keep going every day. change so we're constantly changing and growing like I said we are up to 40 events a year this year and hoping to grow that um, and the goal is that we're constantly changing to fit you guys to fit your needs and desires you right 50 next year right you heard her here say it. Uh, but think about this last year we had 63 people running this marathon okay the actual marathon this year 120 over 120 Amazing 50K runners. <laughs> Add those guys in there too. But all their journeys have been super, super spectacular all the way up until this time. And so I want to introduce you to Amanda Leibowitz. She's going to come up here and tell you about one of the new programs that we have that got these guys in collaboration to where they are. And that is called Runner Battalion Program. Amanda Leibowitz. <laughs>
teammates and in yourselves, we wouldn't be standing here today, 84 members strong. Not only did you earn this marathon start on Sunday, you built a legacy that has truly raised the bar for what it means to be part of Team Semper Fi. So I'd like to thank Sam Tickle and Karen Gunther for letting me run with this idea. I'd like to thank our brilliant coach, Ben Drezik. Promises to be an unforgettable weekend. But before we depart, I'd like to thank one more time the Ray Barrett's eighth and I staff. Getting small and gets smaller and smaller and smaller until you can handle it by sharing it. Oh shit, 
I was the senior corpsman, and it was, I had other duties. I wasn't the line corpsman. Like, as corpsman, I guess, we were taught that we're, we're the first one there, we're the first one there, but this time, this second time around, I was a senior corpsman, and I had different duties. But they were jogged, they were, because there's different parts of, of that IV blast that I forget. But it was, you know, this, when my therapist brought that up, I thought it was. Um, I want to talk about two things. I want to talk about love, and I want to talk about strength. And absolutely, I, I want to commend you. Um, you. You sacrificed a lot for your husband, and that, that's an absolutely amazing thing. And um, I learned, I got out of uh, the Navy, I went to Bible college. I, start, I studied a lot about love. One thing I discovered about love is love is sacrifice. Um, so I just wanted to commend you. Um, I have a great wife myself. You're a great wife. I'm sure you know that, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I, uh, I decided that, that I was going to join the Navy actually the day my little brother was born. It was September 12, 2001. Um, I was in middle school. Uh, so I had a little ways to go. Um, but in 06, I graduated high school, and I, I, joined the, I joined the Navy. I actually joined to be a rescue swimmer. Um, but I was in boot camp, and I got my, uh, my Navy ball cap. I'll, I'll never forget it, because there wasn't a dry in there. September 11, 2006 was the day I got my Navy ball cap. I watched as 60 other grown men in three RDCs cried. <laughs> um, it was an amazing day. But I injured my shoulder between air crew school and rescue swimmer school. And I wanted to go uh, blue to green, and then the corpsman actually told me about being an FMF corpsman. I said, well, screw that, I'm staying in the Navy. <laughs> um, so it became a corpsman. Um, exactly, I met this guy in Corsica, and uh, uh, ended up in one nine, this guy. <laughs> uh, and we went to, ended up in Ramadi, Iraq, in LA. And uh, it was, as far as deployments go, it was a line corpsman. Um, came home with a bunch of pissed off 0311s because they didn't get their combat action ready. Which, <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be quite honest about it, there was a part of me that was like, man, we didn't get it. But then there was another part of me that was like, I was the corpsman, thank God. Um, and then I uh, ended up in Afghanistan uh, with uh, MAG 40. Um, they were at the uh, going around Camp Lejeune to different units, and they're asking volunteers to go with the casualty evacuation team. Um, so I ended up with the 2nd Met, uh, Kazabak, uh, to Helmand Province, Afghanistan, um, in 09 and 010. Uh, I was there for. Yeah, he did. Moving on, right. moving on. It's all right. We love Bringing my next point, don't do crack. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. It's funny to say that. My wife just sent me a text message. Uh, there's this road in Sacramento called Roseville Road. A bunch of homeless people live on it. 
because I live in California, has a bunch of homeless people. Um, she said, they're decorating for Halloween. No. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, we talked about stuff on IEDs and, uh, like, never got injured. I uh, did a, a couple of months in the ER in Bastion. Uh, and I would see it. We would see guys step on IEDs and they'd be missing three limbs. And then I'd see another guy step on IED and he's brain thinking. It, you know, um, it was crazy. Uh, one of my favorite patients uh, to treat, actually, um, there was uh, a German Shepherd. Um, he saved his Marine's life. Um, Did he make it? He made it. He made it. Well, he made it in the surgery, at least. <laughs> um, and then it was a live after surgery. Yeah, dog lost a leg. But I was with an amazing group of corpsmen. I got to deploy with 12 other corpsmen, you know? So that was really cool, um, being able to do that. And then uh, I got back from, that's actually where I saw my combat, that combat at, or uh, combat air crew. Um, so, you know, I only got shot at in the sky. <laughs> um, and then mortared at when we were on the ground a few times. But other than that, I, we're really fortunate. Um, I feel like I'm standing in the room. I know I'm standing in the room amongst heroes. Uh, but uh, I'm a reverend now, so I wouldn't, I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm allowed to stand up without sharing by the person. It's from Proverbs. Um, and uh, it, it's truly who you guys are. It's who we are. Uh, it's Proverbs 18 24, and it says, one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Uh, the man who wrote that is King David. I don't even know about him, but he was a shepherd, and he was a warrior, and he was a king. Uh, so he knows war. We know war. He probably had those brothers. And I uh, just wanted to encourage you guys that, like I said earlier, love is sacrifice. But it, it takes a strong man, it takes a strong woman to say, I need help. Um, it, we like, often think it's weakness to ask for help. It's, it's the strongest thing you can do as a person. Um, I uh, went through the 12-step program and, uh, for pornography, actually, <laughs> um, to just be completely honest. and. Uh, uh, that's where I, I, I didn't cope with alcohol, I cope with pornography. Um, and uh, sobriety, uh, it's an amazing thing. But, um, asking for help, is, uh, that's the first step, you know, is admitting, yeah, man, I got a problem. Um, so I just wanted to encourage each and every one of you to be strong. And I know most of you have asked for the help, that's why you're in this room. Um, but then also to encourage others to ask for help and then love on them when they do, just like we've been loved on. Um, and and uh, uh, Thomas, that, that verse, I believe, epitomizes you. Uh, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you standing here in this room right now. He wouldn't be here. Uh, so thank you. Uh, and I mean that a lot. Thank you for encouraging me to come out here. And uh, I probably wouldn't have came out either if it wasn't for my boss. Her husband is retired Navy, and I didn't want to take yesterday off of work. I'm the pledge drive coordinator at my work, and it was the last day of pledge drive. Um, 
and she was like, no, go. Um, yeah, so happy for that. Um, but I just, again, uh, get a dead horse here, but love each other uh, and then be strong. Thomas, 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 Thomas. I got nothing. I mean, I, I mean, you're thanking me and, and all this stuff, but I want to thank Karen. I want to, I want to thank all these guys and everyone at and Beth and everybody for like putting this all together for us, all of us to be here. Um, I feel like I tell. I talk about myself quite a bit, and I can just go on all day. But in the interest yeah. of time, uh, <laughs> um, I'm just gonna quick stand and just give you a little bit about, like, uh, talk, a little, talk about a little bit of myself. Uh, see, the first time I actually encountered Simplify was through my family. Um, I got hurt, and I, of course, ended up on the East Coast at um, Bethesda, um, and. My family wanted to see me, but they couldn't, you know, of course, like their work schedule and like money and all that kind of stuff. And I just remember my mom talking about Simplify Fund and, um, and my sister talking about Simplify Fund and how, how they were able to bring them to me while I was hurt in the hospital. Um, I got injured um, back in 2010 in Marja. Um, pretty much like injured my left leg and then I had to eventually amputate my right leg below the knee. Um, so anyway, that's been my journey. Um, I went through many phases in it. And of course, like what really helped me cope, uh, cope through all of that was school. I just put my head down in there and studied psychology. Didn't know where I would have ended up with all of it, but if I ended up with a master's degree in uh, counseling psychology. Um, but anyway, so I have that knowledge and I have that background. Um, so I feel like I, just, I could just listen to people all day and talk all day, um, but aside from that, I'm really just um, thankful for you guys, this organization, and like all the things that I've seen um, this organization do in my community, this community. Um, I'm just super thankful for it, um, and I want to just piggyback back off of everything that you guys have said here today. Um, you know, yesterday there's a news feed that came through my Facebook uh, account, whatever. And it just said, it was from one of the, the many veterans groups, uh, Facebook groups that I'm a part of. And I was like, oh yeah, my Marines have probably posted something lewd or ridiculous, and <laughs> I'm not gonna open this one. And of course I opened it, and it's one of my Marines that I unsuspected would take, you know, take his own life. He shot himself in the head. Yesterday. Um, yesterday. What um, unit? Uh, three sixties with uh, my unit. Uh, yeah, and it was just one of my Marines that would talk to me a lot back in the field, just about everything that he was going through. Um, he had two children that, you know, of course, were like middle age, uh, school age kids, and then like his wife um, was pregnant with twins currently. Um, and I just never saw it, you know, like the Facebook thing where you just don't see that people are hurting and people are in pain. Um, I just never saw that. Just happy photos, happy things. He just looked like he was, he had just got married back in September. Um, it just looked like, I was like, his life is going well. You know, because like when he divorced his first wife, it was like, oh my God, like, is he going to be okay? Because he just kept posting. And then like all of a sudden, I was like, things are turning around. Like he's looking good. And all of a sudden, I get this. And I'm just like, of course, anger and like all this stuff. And I'm like, so I just reached out 
for the first time um, on Facebook just telling people like, I have this background, I can listen to you from a different perspective, at least if that's all I do. Um, so I don't really uh, have a whole lot more to say, but we're all in it together and we should support one another. Um, and uh, I actually have this new resolve now is to really take out of my, whatever I think my busy schedule is and just go see one of my friends, one of my Marine buddies or Corman buddies like throughout the country. Just figure out a way to find them and just be like, what's going on with you? Like, what are you up to, you know? Like, I don't have to stay at your house, but I'll stay in the area. That's, you know, what are you up to? I want to lend some credit to that because he took time out to see me back in uh, six, seven years ago. Yeah. And that was really monumental for me. Yeah, so. yeah. But yeah, that's just, I feel like that's a new result. That's how we can, you know, kind of like cure some sort of isolation that we all feel, like that guilt of like all the things you could do in war, all the things that you're... Uh, that you can't see, can be, that your friends can remind you of those things. Like they can tell you that like, these are all the things that we're doing, but we didn't have time for all those things. You know, and I feel like that's, that'd be a good point for me uh, moving forward. Thank you guys so much. Right. your brothers too when you get yeah. that news right because um, when you get that news and you're by yourself it's tough. yeah this yeah. morning i woke up I'm like y'all need to come to my room right now you told me if you, if you told me what's going on i had been there a little bit faster yeah i mean he's was, all good he called us and he's like come on over we're going well there's two of us here why are we coming to your room <laughs> 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 but, uh, I mean, most of us are in one hall, and he's like in the other hall. Anyway, but then of course, yeah, we we, we went on to the Uh Hey everyone, I'm Julian. Uh, yeah, of course, Julian. of course. I, so I also Active have the privilege. Got to throw it out there. Active duty. I also yeah. have the privilege of, I believe, being the only person who's so active. Um. You know, it's interesting, right? And I was invited out here by Thomas, and I had said no. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Yeah, you, know, yeah. you know, partially because I, I really didn't feel like something like this, right, like, you know, was meant for me. Like, I should be here. I think, you know, your stories and everything else, you guys are the right folks that should be here. That's why I said no. Like, no, you go out there, right? You, you need to be there. You deserve this, man. Um, and get, he timed it just right where he just kept Called about like two or three times, and I, keep <laughs> I was in a meeting, and then he kept texting me, and I was just like, "Fine, Thomas, I will go." <laughs> That's all I got. Fine, I will go. I will go to your pick, Thomas, and, and I know that kind of shut him up a little bit. Um, I really am glad I did, right? Because I mean, I, I can't, I really can't imagine anywhere else where I, I would hear such stories. I'm sure I, I joined the Navy again because of him. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I, I talk about him quite a bit, right, because his story so much, very much influences my life. And I think, like, literally, and I met him 18 years ago, my brother, right, I mean, we're both from Liberia, and we met in Minnesota, of all places. Yeah, one of the coldest uh, places in the country. <laughs> <laughs> I talk about him a lot because we really have been together for a lot, right? Um, so I came out from college because I'm older than him. He's the younger Two days. He's, he's the younger brother. <laughs> <laughs> about three months. Um, came out of college, had no idea what the heck I was going to do, and he was had this crazy idea he was going to join the Navy. Um, of course, I resisted, so that was stupid, and eventually I followed him, talked to a recruiter because I didn't really think I had much else to do. Um, 
But I had no, no idea what the military was about. None whatsoever. Uh, I just wanted to do something medical. I became a corpsman, went to corps school. Uh, listened to a bunch of loud kids talk about being FMF corpsman, and it sounded cool. Uh, the CEO of Bayes came by that day when I was on duty and asked me what I wanted to be and if I was going to be FMF corpsman. I was like, well, it must be very important if the CEO was asking me if I was going to be FMF corpsman. And so between that and corps school, I was somehow brainwashed, and when I came to pick orders, I just wanted to go to a Marine unit. Right. Um, gotcha. So I left from there, went, went to the gym, you know, went to uh, FMTB, and that's how I became FMF corpsman, right? Just something about their stories and things they were, they were really saying. Um, so I was just one night with, uh, with him. He was supposed to go to Japan, and somehow he ended up with 3-6 right next to me. Kept was um, Japan, huh? And he was, always, he was always behind me, right? Because I was the brothers. I was always leading from the front. <laughs> I deployed to Iraq. A week later, he got a deployment. Then he deployed to Iraq, too. I was in Ramadi. He was in Fallujah. So we're, we're there together. And, you know, and, and, uh, he's absolutely right, right? You know, uh, Marines were just waiting for the bad guys to do something stupid. <laughs> it was like, you uh, want them to do those things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of looking back, right? So it was completely different. It was a different type of deployment, one I, I don't really regret, you know. And my stories with my deployment completely different. Uh, sure, I, you know, I, I walked away, you know, it's kind of happening, happening right now, right? Uh, from uh, two IEDs, you know, one was a direct hit, but again, we, we walked away from it. Uh, nothing to complain about. The next one was vehicle just went by, and then lights went off. Right again, nothing to complain about whatsoever. Um, but you know, I think that was really extreme. Kind of looking back into my time in Iraq, you know, the the, the things that we're complaining about, the things we're laughing about now. Like, why am I going to go look for unexplained ordinances? Right, I'm staying away from the damn things. Why are you send me out? You know, to the point where our companies are literally driving over and we don't even notice it, or I'm walking down the Yehudi side to kick the fin to see if it's real or not, and sure enough, I was allowed ordinance. Um, oh, you know, we're kind of listening to you guys, right? And you know, having the privilege of being the only active duty and having gone as far as I've gone, I made chief uh, about three years ago. You know, and I'm surrounded now by you know sailors who, you know, it's this entitlement stuff, right? It's the it's the new navy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the new navy, right? It's where people are afraid to talk about. I mean, we don't talk about war. We don't talk about what the corpsmen do. You know, it's like, it's almost like I have to beg and, and have to cater to the, their emotions because, God forbid, um, they have to work late or, God forbid, you know, they don't do their training on swank or NKO or whatever it is. <laughs> you know, I, I left my unit and I, you know, I went to Millington and I got, you know, stuck into the, the admin side and I went to a shift, which even though I did a mew, I said I was never going to ever step on that damn thing because... The Navy was disgusting, <laughs> and it was a great me, right? And I ended up in the hospital. Um, and I swear to God, I deployed people with the comfort, right? It's almost like an act of Congress, right? It's like I have to go over our bag and, you know, bag and talk to these young sailors and all the other time. But we've, we've really forgotten about the, hey, you're a corpsman, right? If you're called to go to Iraq and Afghanistan or wherever tomorrow, are you ready, right? That conversation is not really had as much. And, and that's the honest truth. And you guys over here, you, you've all lived it. Like, you know the realities of it, a different extent. Um, and so I'm so glad that I made it out here today. You know, thanks to you guys and Beth, 
And even though you send me an email, take my five days to reply to your email. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, sorry, I got your message, but you know, uh, just my information and stuff like that. You know, just just to hear it, it you know, it's, it's, it's an absolute inspiration. I think it, it really brings me back to uh, why we all signed up, why we did, why we did. You know, and and uh, absolutely appreciate it. You know, uh, this guy has and continues to be an inspiration uh, for me. You know, uh, literally, I mean, I, I talk, I talk about it every time, and most times when I talk about it, I say, "Hey, this is the food that got me in the Navy, and he took the easy way out. Right? He got medically retired, and he's gone." Uh, but like most of the things that I do, that I, that I still even do today, I remember him. I remember when even when I made when I made chief and going through the season, and I was just so lucky that his. <laughs> that his chief, when he was in, when he was in, uh, in, in uh, uh, Afghanistan, was the guy who got to accept me as a chief, right? And he, and he made me earn that moment every, every sober. Chief so yeah, I'm getting choked up right now. Like, that's, that's you know, I mean, he made me earn that moment, right? Because it was not just about, you know, the fact that you put on chief, but it's like, what about the guys who want, wanted to be here? But, but never really could, right? You know, they're in there for different reasons whatsoever. So just kind of being here, man, it's just, you know, it's just a little tough because I mean, I know every one of you would trade been in my spot. You've earned it, though. You've absolutely earned it, man. Yeah. Thank you. Look how many lives you can touch. You've got all these active duty young foremen. And these stories today helps you go back and talk to them in a different way, probably. It's a grave responsibility, but it's worth it. <laughs> it's yeah. worth it. And, and I'm learning, and I'm learning to, you know, to accept my, my to accept my, my spot and accept one man. You know, like I, I remember when I got to the hospital, the first thing was like, all right, we got to do this platform thing. And I was like, hey, just uh, let me know when you got your next Afghanistan deployment. Right? I was like, I don't want to go to Iraq. I've already been there. <laughs> <laughs> Let me know when you got in Afghanistan, you know, and the only reason I ever did that, right, was because when I got that call on the ship in 2010 from my wife, well, I called her, and she's like, you call your mom. She's like, call your mom. I'm like, I call my mom. You know, it was right after Thomas had gotten hurt, you know, and I always felt like I had cheated a little bit, right? You know, it's like, when I got to Iraq, he was in Iraq, too. It was like, whatever, well, you sure you're up north, I'm over here, we're doing our thing. You know, and then when I got on the ship, and you know the complaints are a little different, and I've got no life, and I'm just studying, and I'm doing this, I'm doing that, and you know to hear my my boys gotten hurt on the other side, and I feel like I always cheated, you know. And so I, every time I was like, give me a, give me a, an advanced diploma, because I felt like I always had to make up for it. You know, uh, you it never happened. I got I got to go with the comfort a few times. It was, you know, it's a little different uh, going to. Uh, um, Puerto Rico, when stuff happened, going to South America, to come help folks out there. So it's, it's, it's a little different. And right now, I'm about to PCS, and guess where I'm going? I'm going home to hang out with my boy. Hey! Minnesota. Uh, to the cold. <laughs> so I'll be recruiting, recruiting medical officers there for a little bit, but you know, it's, it's uh, I mean, I've, I've been blessed, right? And, I, and I'm, I'm so thankful. Uh, to have been here. Thank for this uh, Semper Fi Fund and every little bit of organization out there. Because unfortunately, everything we hear in the news, right, is how our folks have not been taken care of. You know, and when people talk about that, I only got one reference point, and it's this guy. 
and I've been just super relaxed, super happy because from his injury to now, he's received nothing, you know, but the very best here, right? And so I'm, I'm, I'm super thankful, and I'm happy for everybody in this room. Right. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate right. it. Can I, can I say one more thing, real quick? <laughs> I'll be I'll be brief. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, but um, what you just said about feeling cheated, or feeling like you cheated, uh, Henderson, Scott. Guys, I gotta say this. Um, when you guys went to Afghanistan and I was stepping out, I got a letter from Doc Hillary. God, Doc Hillary, I wish he could have been here. Yeah. And it detailed all the injuries and casualties they had taken. And I'm wearing Gavin Brumman's bracelet today in his memory. But um, I, I know there was nothing I could have done and there's nothing that would have changed the outcome. But I'm sorry I wasn't there. Um, and and like, I, like I said, there's nothing that I could have done to make no, things no. different. But it's... Uh, it's not shame. It's, it's, it's a little bit of resentment and it's a little bit of guilt and it's like, God damn it, I just wish I could have I just wish I could have been there. Right. And and yeah. it's it's hard. It's, it's, yeah. it's very strong. And, and like you don't have to carry that. Sure, yeah. And it's it's not that I could have changed any of the outcome of what happened to you guys or any of the other guys that were there, but the fact that I wasn't there with them when I when I got that letter, I was at my mom's house and dude, I just bawled. I bawled like a kid and she had to come over and hug me and, and calm me down because I was, I was just not myself. I was falling apart when I got that letter. And, you know, I, I haven't said it, and I want to say it now, that I'm sorry I couldn't have been there with you guys to, to be a part of that. But I did end up going to Afghanistan, so I, um, I appreciate, for it. I, I appreciate yeah, what you've yeah. done. And that's, that's, all, that's all I wanted to say. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I, I have one more thing to say to you. And, you know, it's, it's dealing with this wonderful gentleman right across from me. Um, so whenever um, whenever I first got invited to this event, uh, Beth called me. I was in the middle of a uh, calculus test, so I didn't answer. She called me, she left me a voicemail. Um, I accidentally deleted the voicemail, so I didn't get her number. But literally 10 minutes after she called me, I got an email and then two minutes later, I got a Facebook message. And then two minutes later, I got a text message. Oh. All from this guy saying, hey, this is what's going on. You gotta come out and do this. And I'm like, yeah, I just, I just got a call from Beth. Uh, I don't have her number. Can you give me her number? He's like, yeah, here it is, here it is. And got me in touch with Beth and, and got all this worked out. And I'm here because I accidentally deleted her voicemail. So I was like, well, there goes that opportunity. And then he's like, hey, come do it. So, you know, that's. He, I'm, he's 100% the reason I ended up being able to come. So, you know, thank you for being a persistent pest. <laughs> wow, I think I like that title better. <laughs> <laughs> I like St. Thomas. I love it. <laughs> thank you, Beth. But, uh, thank you. In, in 2010, when uh, Thomas and I, Thomas and Thomas, uh, were in Afghanistan, I actually heard uh, over the radio his uh, his nine line and that was uh, it was kind of a rough day you know, hearing another foreman you know fellow foreman and fellow friend you know getting hurt I mean, anytime one of your marines gets injured it's bad but whenever it's another foreman you know it's it's on a whole nother level and uh, you know, and I know a little bit of what he went through after and I'm I'm really happy that you are in the headspace that you're in now and you're able to help other people that's amazing been able to follow your your transition out of the military. Appreciate that. I'm glad that you're doing doing very well too.
you know, considering everything, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm just thankful that I'm just thankful to be here. <laughs> I'm just thankful to be here. And that's like, and I can't say more. I don't have the words for it because I'm, I'm just saying like we could still be, you know, like I, I just imagine when I'm having like my rough days, I just imagine like where I could be laid, laying down. Like, we could be in a wadi, just like sitting there cold, not have a lot of, you know, not have like all the comforts that I'm used to. So like that puts things in perspective. I mean, at least you have two needs. <laughs> you know, I'm very thankful for those. <laughs> Tristan Welter, uh, I joined the Navy back in 2006. We were actually probably in boot camp together, honestly. Uh, I, uh, uh, it's like 941. Oh, yeah. Y'all remember Bukit? Yeah, well. Yeah. 400 division. I got, I got deployed uh, out of the Naval Hospital Portsmouth um, to go to Iraq in 225. Uh, it's probably the most boring deployment I've ever been on, but it gave me the chance to go to Corporal's Force and smoke all the Marines and take home every single award that they had. That's what I'm talking about. But uh, So after that deployment, I was like, you know, the Marines are the dumbest. People I've ever been with. Well, so then the Navy decided to prove me wrong. And they sent me to the Seabees. Uh, oh. Uh, but luckily I was with the convoy security element, so we did uh, convoys through Afghanistan. We left out of Kandahar and, you know, we went to Shikbani and, you know, Leatherneck and all these other places and d dodged the waffle fields and luckily we were all in MRAPs and, uh, what's that? Uh, 2011. It was like late 2011 into early 2012. Was it 011? My guys, my guys were lucky. We were all in MRAPs. Um, some of the Marines that we were with, uh, you know, they had to medevac their guys because they got hit while they were outside of their MRAPs and things like that. But my guys walked away with, you know, some headaches, uh, some stitches and, you know, some stories that they could, could go home with, but they got to go home. Um, you know, it was, uh, it's one of those things that we, we, I've done a bunch of reading. Lieutenant Colonel Grossman has a few books out there on combat, on killing, where he talks about some of the psychology of some of these things. And, uh, so I was a little bit surprised when our chaplain told everybody who hadn't left Kandahar uh, that they were going to have PTSD when they came home, and that was just something they were going to have to learn to live with, and he would help them learn to live with it. And I was like, well, that's probably not something you should be telling a bunch of people that they're going to have it, that that's what it's going to be. But, you know, I did a little bit more looking into some of this stuff. And I think one of the biggest things is, uh, you know, no, none of you guys would leave the wire by yourself. You'd never go out in Afghanistan, Iraq. You wouldn't go on a patrol by yourself. But then you come back, and you're outside the wire in your own mind. You're fighting this war in your own mind, and it never ends. Uh, and you're by yourself, and you feel like, you know, who, who's the doctor the doc? Who's the, who's the doctor that takes care of the doctor? You know, same thing with nurses. You know, in the healthcare profession, it's really hard because people feel like, you know, they're the ones that are supposed to be taking care of everyone else, and they don't want to show that weakness that they need help too. Um, you know, that's why this organization is so important. You know, Chris invited me here, and uh, you know, to see all of you guys and your stories, you know, mind blowing, and, and uh, the things that you guys have been through and you've overcome, and it's because you, you know, and in a lot of times, you guys were outside of the wire by yourselves in your own mind, and uh, Semper Fi Fund helped. A lot of you open up and let other people outside the wire with you. Yeah, you know, uh, let you get back in touch with people that that could help you. You know, get back into safety and get back to a good place in your mind. And so, you know, this is so important. And I'm really glad. You know, I tangentially kind of known about you guys, but I never really knew much besides you know Chris was involved with you. 
Um, but now that I do know, I know, you know, there's people that I can reach out to that may be outside the wire still. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping that if, if I give them, you know, a lifeline here, maybe, you know, they can get some help as well. Uh, and so I appreciate what you guys are doing. I appreciate you having me be here. Thank you guys for uh, telling all of your stories. And uh, I'll try to keep it short. So right. Thanks. Hello, everyone. Yeah. Try to help the younger kids come back in. You know? Right. Right. 